This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Kenyan World Street Podcast. I am your host Eric Jackson and today we are doing the second episode in the series of podcasts on artificial intelligence with Caroline Goski, who is the global director of the Earl Square Data Labs at Rolls-Royce. In the first episode, we answered the question, what is AI? And as brilliantly explained to us by Caroline, AI is the ability of machines to sense, detect, learn, predict, respond, and develop agency and ultimately develop automated and autonomous actions. Caroline further explained to us what R Square Data Labs is and what they are doing to advance AI from decades of learning at Rolls-Royce. So in today's episode, we will look at AI governance, ethics and standards. We will define what ethical AI is and also look at the recent breakthrough by Rolls-Royce in ethical AI and why it is a big deal. So welcome, Caroline, to the show. Okay, yeah, thank you. And thank you also for that nice summary, including the definition that we talked about last time. I think it's really helpful just to to remind people of the space that we're talking about here. So I want to start by thinking about, um, or making the point really that ethical AI is part of a bigger and broader question about what it means to be ethical businesses in the world full stop. And so I think it's really important throughout this conversation that we don't lose sight of the fact that for any organization to be a responsible 21st century business, its ethical position about how it develops artificial intelligence needs to be just another you know, fundamental part of its understanding of its ethical position in the world in general. So I don't want to kind of create an artificial distinction between business ethics and AI ethics, they're part of the same thing, they're part of what it means to be a a responsible 21st century organisation, whether that's indeed a corporate organisation or in fact a governmental organisation. So I think that's the first point I want to make. But then one of the things that's challenging when you start to think about artificial intelligence in the context of that question, how do I carve out my space as a responsible 21st century organization. One of the things that's challenging about that is, for the most part, the framework for for how we think about ethics is based on our understanding of social good and the world that we live in as humans and our relationship between ourselves and other human beings. The challenge that arises when you think about artificial intelligences in that context is that to some degree, when we go back to that definition that we talked about, the early parts of that definition, sensing, detecting, learning. You can see how those are manageable in the context of thinking about AI as a tool. But as you start to step into the more advanced capabilities that artificial intelligences present, so when you start thinking about predicting, responding to events, developing agency, and then being able to move on from that to develop automated and autonomous actions, you start to have a position where business decisions or outputs from business decisions might be generated by an artificial intelligence that is operating to some degree outside of the envelope of human control. 
So that is to say, humans have set up parameters in which that artificial intelligence can operate, but they do not control every single individual decision or action of that artificial intelligence. And so what we've done is we've removed one of the fundamental tenets of how we think about ethics, which is we think about ethics as being about how humans behave and belong in their world. When we start to add artificial intelligence into that framework, we start to create a position in which, although the humans are responsible for instant Investigating that intelligence. They may not have direct day-to-day, moment-to-moment, action-to-action control over the activities or autonomous actions that intelligence takes on behalf of them. And that raises questions about who is accountable. So who is accountable in a set of situations where an artificial intelligence, possibly in negotiation with another artificial intelligence, makes a decision on which an action is taken? Who is accountable for that? If there isn't a human being, or a legal entity in the shape of a company that you can point at, how can you mitigate against things going wrong? Who can you hold responsible if something unplanned happens? So that's part of, I suppose, the challenge that artificial intelligence ethics brings into this broader corporate ethics question. And when we think about how you approach artificial intelligence ethics, There's an awful lot of noise in the media, certainly in parts of the developed world, when you think about what's happening with today is election day in the United States. That's the day we're recording this, right? You know, the sheer level of attention and panic in some degree that was caused in the last presidential election and then ongoing in elections in the UK around Brexit uh, by the idea that information that it affected the democratic process and affected individuals' capability to understand the choices that they were being faced with was being manipulated by artificial intelligences, potentially you know, being driven by nefarious purposes seeking to destabilize democracies. That's a terrifying prospect, right? So there's an awful lot of attention, concern, worry, and some of it very justified in asking questions about how do organizations ensure that the work that they're doing meets the kind of ethical standards that we, as constituents of the world, would want to have happening around us. But I think what would be a helpful way to approach this to start with is to understand the distinction between three elements of the safety and ethical production of artificial intelligences. The first one is fairness. The second one is trustworthiness. And the third one is safety. And I would add into safety over time an extension into looking also at sustainability, so safety of people, but also safety of the planet. And I think it's useful to look at those three things in different ways. They're not mutually exclusive. Actually, you need all of them to have a sound AI ethics approach, but they are different. They have a degree of differentness to them. So perhaps it would be useful to spend a little bit of time, Eric, just digging into those three categories. Yeah, and I think it's good that you mentioned fairness, trust, and sustainability, because I think they feed into some of the key ethical issues that have been raised around AI. And specifically, if we can start off with fairness, there's always concerns that have been raised uh, about um, AI leading to lots of job losses, and in some instances, creating an inequality in that the people who are going to own these companies that are advanced in AI are obviously going to 
spend less on labor and it would result in a lot of inequality in that the rich would get richer and the poor would get poorer. So then how do we enhance fairness so that we don't end up with a more unequal world than it already is at the moment? You've really highlighted some of the major concerns in, in this question of fairness. So as I see it, fairness as a kind of ethical peg, if you like, a fundamental part of an AI ethics approach. Fairness pertains to the differential outcomes that happen when you apply artificial intelligences to human beings, to contexts that involve human beings. Fairness comes, or the lack of fairness, comes from human beings feeling that they are being treated unfairly in comparison with other human beings. Whether that's because of ethnicity, whether it's because of poverty, whether it's because of gender, whether it's because of religion or sexual orientation, or indeed whether it's because of political opinion or nationality. You know, there are many contexts in which individual people may feel that they're being treated by an artificial intelligence in a way which is not fair when you compare it to somebody from a comparable set of circumstances. The real thing that is underlying this is there is a fundamental problem in training artificial intelligence systems using training data sets that are drawn from already unfair models of activity. So when we take training data sets from the way the world is today and we use those to train artificial intelligences, we run the risk of reinforcing prejudicial or biased positions that already exist and that are inherent within our status quo. And that means that when we think about training AIs, particularly where we're making those differential decisions between human beings, we need to put in place preemptive action to mitigate those biases up front. And the easiest way or the most effective way of preparing those mitigations is to have a model of artificial intelligence preparation, which has transparency of data and transparency of model. So we know what data is being used to make decisions and we know how the model is making the decision. That has explainability so that we understand which parts of the decision making process are weighted in which way by an algorithm. And which is built using diversity. So which deliberately designs diversity, both of data and of data scientists into the creation of the system. So that when we are building the system, either algorithmically or from the perspective of the data that we're using, we are ensuring that we have as diverse a representation as possible. And I think some of the examples that we can see where this hasn't worked, there are examples from the state of credit rating scoring, where women earning more with a higher credit rating scoring than men in a similar geographic location were denied credit. Not because there was anything wrong with their financial history, not because there was anything wrong with their credit score, simply because over the last 50 years, women have had less access to credit than men have. And so when you train an artificial intelligence on a data set that says over the last 50 years, women have been seen to be less eligible for credit, and then you put up a man against a woman, the AI you know, is learning from that inherent bias that sits in the system. That's just an example of where, as we're thinking about designing fair AI systems, we can't start from assuming the status quo that we have today is what we should be seeking to preserve. That places a burden of thoughtfulness, if you like, 
on artificial intelligence companies that you know they really need to step up and start to engage with the most um, responsible and the most reliable absolutely are doing so and you can search across multinational businesses and positions around AI fairness and you'll see an awful lot of work is going on in those organizations to try to start to engage with or proceduralize their understanding of how they lower bias how they remove unfairness by actually challenging the assumption that the status quo is what should be preserved into their artificial intelligence systems. Yeah, yeah. So that's the first case, which is fairness. Yeah, so I think that's very important because you've touched extensively on AI bias and you've given one example about gender where there's been bias and also we've seen sort of like racial bias that social recognition systems cannot really uh, recognize both colors. You're absolutely right. In fact, I remember seeing, and this is not so much an AI instance as just a sensing instance, but I remember uh, traveling on a train in the UK and a fellow passenger of color wasn't able to make the hand washing system work because the sensor in the hand washing system would only recognize my skin, which is pale, and wouldn't recognize his skin, which was dark. So absolutely, that is a fundamental problem that as we increase the automation of the systems around us, those kinds of inbuilt biases, those kinds of inbuilt prejudices are becoming more visible to us. Um, in some ways, I am glad that they are becoming more visible to us because at least that means we can start challenging them more profoundly. I wish they were not there, but where they are, I strongly believe that when we see them, we can be much more determined to challenge them. Yeah, that's actually very good. And so far, I think there's been lots, as you mentioned, there's already lots of work that's going into just you know, rooting out the bias, both of the source of the data, and actually uh, that thoughtfulness about who actually comes up with, with the models and what input we're actually giving into the AI systems. Stay tuned for part two of this interesting discussion with Caroline about ethical AI. <laughs>